When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mackie and Judd right now. Uh, did that guy also bitch about the Wilds third would, line too? He would, yeah. Well, he, well, he should. Yeah. He got in the crash because of the damn team because they annoy him so much. He was thinking about <laughs> Zach Farisi. Should have been looking in front of him. Or something like that. Only Judd could come up with that. That... <laughs> That Jason Zucker didn't <laughs> score last night. With the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? You like that? You like that? Uh, winning is what I said it would be all about, and uh, uh, it's true. I, I, I came here because of the chance to win. I felt like it was it was uh, probably the best chance, um, and, and that's all that matters in this business. But more importantly than that, um, the, the chance to win comes from the fact that I believe in the leadership of this organization. I have always felt a little bit underrated, a little bit overlooked. Uh, if you, you know, go back and research my story, that's certainly a, an element there. And so as a result, there is a fire there. And um, it's a balance as a quarterback. You know, I want to stay within myself and, and um, never get too high or too low. All right, Kirk Cousins, uh, make it official. Can you hold up the, the, the newspaper again there? Because you, you had a, a great observation about Mike. Oh, my, yeah. Like, yeah. everyone is super so, pumped up about this. So the fans are pumped up. The Strib and Pioneer Press both had the, the photo opportunity <laughs> picture Zimmer. of what is uh, Zim, Kirk Cousins, uh, Rick Spielman, and Mark Will. They don't even bother trotting Ziggy out anymore, right? Like, Ziggy just. I don't kinda, know where Ziggy was. Kind of awkward in he front of the there. cameras. Or I what? didn't see him. I didn't Working see him. Working on some big real estate deals in New Jersey. But. but Everyone else has a very broad smile and looks very, very pleased. Mark Wilf, not completely a broad smile, but he just paid lots of cash. I, I get that. But the funny thing about Zim is Zim has basically what I would consider maybe a smirk. It's certainly not a smile. He doesn't want to be there. And he also, he, well, he doesn't like fanfare. And he also, He's not a fanfare guy. And he also is distancing himself from Cousins just a little bit. Like Spielman and Cousins are in tight, which is the ordinary photo opportunity. Mark Wilson pretty tight there. It's, on the, it's symbolic. And and Zim Zim looks like he's been told there's going to be a hit, so you're going to need to bail. <laughs> so if you do, if you do, just sort of distance yourself a little bit. Uh, people close to the stage at the press conference yesterday, you think you were creeping in the back by the TV cameras. I was. Uh, behind uh, John Shipley, if I saw right on the feed. You're good. You're very good. But um, I think there were like little pieces of tape on the stage that told each one of those guys where to stand. So... Mike, I, I think Mike Zimmer probably feels a little bit, a little bit. Not, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but his football husband or wife, husband, whatever, uh, was Teddy Bridgewater for son, four years. His football son. Football son. That's yeah. That's probably the right word. Otherwise, it's uh, it's a little get- bit awkward. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, yeah. but it, there's probably a little bit of 
you know, I really wanted things to work with Teddy for four years. And now Teddy's gone. He's in New York. And we'll see about this Kirk Cousins thing. And if it hinders my chance as a defensive mind to, to keep the NFL's best defense. But let's just kind of go through our thoughts on the press conference. And now that he's here and he's in town and he kind of laid out the timeline, mm-hmm. uh, you were at the press conference. Let's just uh, kind of bounce back and forth. Thoughts from yesterday. Okay, my first thing is is as a, a broad view of the press conference, and after watching Cousins uh, talk for about twenty minutes or so, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a phrase, and I'm going to give you a word to describe what I saw. The phrase is attention to detail. The word is meticulous. I sensed both those things from Cousins. Uh, Cousins isn't here, and th- th- this is a good thing. Cousins is not here to be likable, lovable, and popular. No. He is definitely here. In fact, he did not have, I, I thought the majority of his press conference, he definitely was going to uh, dictate what he said. So so the questions could be what the questions were. He was going to answer in the way he, he wanted, except Phil when he was asked about being here Super Bowl week, and he went into the long thing of all of the due diligence he did, I rented a car, and I drove by Winter Park, and I drove by, yeah, sure you did, Egan, and I drove, I think I he think, said... I think he may have stopped in, but he wouldn't be able to admit that, right? But, but you, you put it uh, well the past couple days. I sense, and this is not comparing him, okay? Be very careful here. So I'm not comparing the quarterbacks and saying that I know they're the where same. you're going here, yeah. But your term of Tom Brady light from a mentality standpoint, he mentality, is. not playing standpoint, is correct. So yeah. that that was my my overall takeaway was I think we're dealing with a very meticulous person here and an attention to detail guy. And my guess is he makes his bed, his car is super clean, and the house gets clean once a day. Uh, yeah, I think so. Tom Brady light, Tom Brady Jr. Again, I'm with you on this. I don't think he's Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. And people will but hear if, that and say, oh, he's not Brady. Yeah, but so, if he can so be like 70% of Tom, and, and when I say Tom Brady, I'm not even really talking about on the field necessarily. I'm talking about the strict regimented diet that he picked up from Brady and Drew Brees uh, to the hyperbaric chamber that he sleeps in and the six or seven different specialized coaches or trainers he has in his life at all times, sort of deconstructing himself and treating himself like a computer or a machine. If you change the inputs over here, you can maybe you can get a different output over there. I mean, that's how Tom Brady has shaped his life for the last 10 or 15 years. And that's how Kirk Cousins shapes his life, too. And even to the to like the man, the mannequin type presence that he has at a podium, too, where he's there and he's being friendly and he's certainly yeah. not he's certainly not being standoffish. But he's not there to connect with you, Judd Zolgad, nope. or you, uh, Eric Perkins from Care Eleven. Like he's like Teddy Bridgewater might give you a little, little personality and kind of you know a little wink and a nudge and show up at a, show up at a media gathering. And uh, I don't know if that's going to be Kirk Cousins. It's certainly not Tom Brady, and I'm fine with that. And that kind of leads me into a, another observation here. I like that he, I like that he's kind of a dork. And that he's, you know, quarterback is not really as much of a physical position as some people. When you watch the combine and we're talking about arm strength and, you know, how big is a guy, how tall, hands, and all, it's it's a mental position. You have to you have to be good enough to make the throws and, and you have to be, you know, athletic enough to avoid a 290-pound machine defensive end. I get you, uh, yeah. But, I get your like, point. it's yeah, a I cerebral pres- position yeah. and he's pretty much all in on the cerebral aspect mm-hmm. of his profession. It consumes his whole life mm-hmm. and that stood out yesterday, too, in the press conference. Uh, something else that that struck me, and this is, this is the one similarity that he shares with Keenum. 
Now, Case is more of an aw shucks guy. Like, Case said nothing, but he's almost just likable because he's got the, the demeanor. Uh, Cousins doesn't care about that, and he doesn't have that. Uh, but the other thing, and this is what, and, and it's a cliche, but when it comes to successful athletes, it, it's one of, in my opinion, the most interesting things about a lot of them. Cousins clearly embraces, and this is going to be difficult when, when you're guaranteed $84 million over three years, but he absolutely embraces the fact that he feels doubted constantly. And Keenum did the same thing. The the chip on the shoulder act, and I think people hear that, and if you're not a sports fan, you're like, that's the biggest bunch of BS. I mean, these guys, but it's true. Michael Jordan. How many times did you hear the story that Jordan was cut from, what, a junior high basketball team, Mm -hmm. right? Keenum did the same thing. When, When we talked to Keenum Super Bowl week, you could sense that the fact that people doubted him made him absolutely thrived. And I, I think that Cousins is, is the same exact way. Now, can he keep that up as the highest paid player for right now in the league? I have no idea. But I find it to be so interesting that so many successful athletes who are really good at what they do thrive on the fact yeah. that they're able to convince themselves that the public, the coaches, and previous teams don't believe in them. Or, I mean, forget about even convincing yourself that, like, at I think there's something valuable at some point in your life or in your profession being told you're not good enough. And if you're drafted in the third round or you're a backup for two or three years, you're being told you're not good enough. You're not good enough to be a first-round pick. In fact, 32 teams passed on you twice in full, and then some some teams passed on you in the third round. Uh, and then, like, Randy Moss was a first-round draft pick and fueled his entire career, and part of it goes back to being told you can't play at Florida State or Notre Dame or whatever yeah. those choices were for him. Out, yeah. Um, uh, and then, like for him, it wasn't falling to the sixth round like Tom Brady, where he got, you sat there for two days and yep. no one picked you. And Rodgers. And then you get to walk up to Robert Kraft and say, this is the best decision you've ever made, and we're going to win Super Bowls together. Being told you're not good enough, if you've got that fire and you've got that passion, is the best thing that can happen to you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you listed off, you're like, quarterbacks. Let's go through that list. I mean, Russell Wilson was told, you're not good enough, you're not tall enough, third-round pick. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll have a chance. He won the job immediately. Tom Brady, you're not good enough. You're a six-round pick. I mean, hell, Tony Romo was undrafted. Kurt Warner was undrafted, played in the in the Arena Football League with yep. the Barnstormers. So there's a lot of those stories. Now, there's also a lot of Peyton Mannings who went first overall or uh, Matt Ryan was a, like a top 10 pick. But it, it just it sounds so cliched, and, and yet you see so many guys thrive off that. For sure. And Keenum, there was no question in my mind that that one of the biggest things for him th- this year was was him going through and essentially showing people, I'm good, and you said I sucked. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I noticed yesterday, and this is not to say that I think the Vikings have had some really good leaders at quarterback. I think Case Keenum was a really good leader at quarterback. And Teddy Bridgewater, by all accounts, was for a young guy who hadn't been around very long, was a, was a good leader and a guy who people kind of gravitated toward. I like the fact if you're looking for Kirk Cousins' leadership qualities, does he have those qualities uh, aside from just like people in Washington? And that might be split too because they decided that you know he wasn't worth investing in for a couple years. But I like that he deflected all questions about his best attributes and about being this uh, this sort of uh, this path paver of guaranteed contracts because I think. Great leaders tend to deflect credit and shoulder blame, even when it's not like Andrew Luck. He knows he has a crappy offensive line, mm-hmm. and he knows his front office is a disaster, and they you know they wind up firing the front office. Mm-hmm. And he has bad running backs, 
But after every loss, Andrew Luck is up there, almost to a point where it's nauseating and completely tone deaf. Sometimes it gets tiring. But that's, he's a great leader, and he says, you know what, I should have made a better throw in the third yeah. quarter, and uh, you know they, they blocked fine for me, it's on me. And he knows that might not be true, but Kirk Cousins had a million opportunities to thump his chest about being well, the first guaranteed contract, and... And he said, somebody asked him specifically, what is what are your best strengths? Like, what would you say your greatest attributes are? And he said, I'm not really here to pat myself on the back. I mean, I'll let you guys, if people want to watch the film, um, I just want to let the games kind of speak for themselves. And I, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that shows leadership. He, he went into that press conference, I think, with a clear agenda for how he was going to answer questions. And, and here's something else that, and this might make him an annoying person, but as far as quarterbacks go, it's very important. You could tell he's an absolute control freak. He's he's going to be a control freak. I saw there there was a bit of, uh, of I mean, Peyton Manning was a control yeah, freak. Yeah, and no, no, as, a, and you want fine. you want your quarterback. The great the great QBs are control freaks. Uh, I saw a video of him playing for Washington, and I don't know if this was a clip from last year or a couple of years back, uh, but it was really quick. He's in a huddle and he's about to call a play, and there's a guy. There's a substitution coming in. And you can hear him go, why aren't you running? Run! And it's a, it's just his arbitrary teammate. But the point is, uh, I really sense that this guy is going to be a complete control freak. And, and this all goes back to, uh, to the conversation that we had with Jennings when he talked about Ponder. And I said, why did Ponder fail? And he basically said he had some attributes, but what? He had no alpha to him. You need somebody. If you don't have a quarterback that is a control freak, Things start to fall apart. And if your personality is that and you're a running back or a receiver, perhaps, or a lineman, it doesn't matter. But if you're a quarterback, especially now, you need to be a control freak. A control freak who connects well with teammates and no, is No, but, char- but you need to be in charge. Yeah. Like, you, you can't be like, hey, guys, what's going on? What do you think? You need to set a certain agenda. Yeah. I think, like, I hear control freak, and I, and I feel like that's a negative connotation. But I get what you're saying. I would tweak it to be like... Somebody who who's commanding and somebody yeah. who demanding and commanding, but but there's, who, a, but there's a respect. Okay. Someone who can control things completely. Because when you're going down the field late in a game, guess what you don't want? You don't want Christian Ponder being like, what are we doing? Okay, we're going to run red, 82, well, I 90, hate, I, dude, blue, I hate, 94. And this happens in college all the time because these guys are young, but especially in the NFL, when quarterbacks have to look to the sidelines during moments of crisis or the you clock like ticking that? down. I don't like and, that. And there's a big thing with a with, with you like a that? cow you like that? and a horse <laughs> and Fonzie. And Steve Urkel. Yeah, and Steve Urkel and yeah. Fonzie. No, call a damn play. You don't like the that? The clock is ticking. Um, I'm very fortunate to be walking into uh, this locker room, not just the talent, but the people and the men. Um, that's what's really important to me because um, ultimately you win with people. And um, I, I'm excited about that opportunity and just can't wait to get to work and to get to know these guys and assimilate into an already really strong culture. Uh, there has to be a commitment to win from, from ownership. There has to be uh, the ownership, the, the general manager, the head coach, and the quarterback have to all be on the same page. I feel very good about that dynamic here. And, um, and uh, leadership, everything rise and, rises and falls on leadership. And I believe that uh, the leadership here is in place to be able to, uh, to win a lot of football games. <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins. Quarterback robot sent here to help the Vikings. Leadership is incredibly important. Win their first ever Super Bowl. Um, there's a lot more meat on that bone, and we'll get to it. We also uh, we will talk to Myron Medcalf, who's in Bristol, about the NCAA tournament. Judd's bracket, up in smoke after the first day.
We'll okay. talk about that. We'll let too. you talk about that at yeah. some point. Oh, yeah, I'll talk about it very quickly. Uh, write that down, predictions, and uh, a, a big, juicy accountability session at 10 o'clock. Courtney Cronin, who has some non-quarterback Vikings news about Latavius Murray. We'll talk to her later on in the show. It's game show Friday. We're going to do the ALS pepper challenge because we've been challenged by the uh, Channel 5 morning show. This that might, might go poorly. This might not go well. You and I both have pretty weak stomachs. And avoid spicy foods. And I can't, but it's for a good cause. And I can't drink milk, which means that the best thing to drink after you eat the pepper, I can't drink. How about some bread? Bread helps. Stick your tongue on some wheat bread. We got any beer in here? We could probably find some. Reavers? It's a Friday. Where's the Reavers? The beer show was last night. Where's Reavers? He's people always tweet- got beer I, with I, them. I'm on the 1500 ESPN Twitter account, too. People are like tweeting about the beer show from last night. Like, it was the best beer show ever. <laughs> Did they just do keg stands for an hour? Or what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen, but... People are raving about it. <laughs> Mackie Whoa. and Judd from the TCL Broadcast <laughs> Studios. Mackie and Judd are back. Here it is. On 1500 ESPN. Uh, there has to be a commitment to win from, from ownership. There has to be uh, the ownership, the, the general manager, the head coach, and the quarterback have to all be on the same page. I feel very good about that dynamic here. And, um, and uh, leadership, everything rise and, rises and falls on leadership. And I believe that uh, the leadership here is in place to be able to uh, to win a lot of football games. What do you think about the new team? How do you like the coaching staff? <laughs> Have you been to the mall yet? Oh, my God. Kirk Cousins answered a lot of questions yesterday. But what if he were forced to answer the tough questions? Wow. Here with that are Mackie and Judd. There were there were some softballs being lobbed. Uh, can we, can, so Dave's going to throw some <laughs> actual you, tough questions out that should have been asked or weren't flushed out Are you going to get to the Sid question? But the last two, well, the last two <laughs> questions, what happened at the end? You were there. Oh, Bob. Well, first of all, Bob in, in, in inimitable uh, Bob fashion, Vikings head PR guy, gave his two questions. Two more questions. And then and things so, went completely and there were none, off well, the But there were really none left. Like, people don't just know if Bob says two more questions and there's nothing left to ask, which there was not, okay? Just be, just be done. Just be done. You're done. But you always have people who are like, oh, I got it. I, two more questions. But the third to last question was about the Stefan Diggs play. Did you see the Stefan Diggs which play? Is a, Cousins is that was like, a good question. He's like, yeah, yeah, I saw the play, and he kind of, I don't know, he kind of gave a half answer, and yep. he was ready to be, he had been up there for 20 minutes, and he was ready to be done, too. Yep. All right, two more questions. Uh, two more questions. Kirk. <sighs> uh, what do you think of the Stefan Diggs? Sid, you know, Sid didn't hear the Stefan Diggs yeah. question before. Like well, five it was only before. his 98th birthday. Like, or maybe I his know, 99th. He's a legend, but he's uh, Stefan Diggs. And, Kirk, and Kirk's kind of smiling like, eh, this is awkward. That question was just asked, and I don't know how to deal with Sid yet because I'm new. Yep. And he winds up giving kind of a respectful answer. And then you figure, all right, that's got to be the end, right? No, one more question. Uh, Kirk, yeah, have you been to the Mall of America yet? <laughs> what? That's a slap in the face to Shake Shack. Yeah. How do you not, like, clearly the Super Bowl was just in town a month before. Who asks the Mall of America America question? You also, don't you have to know by that point that, uh, like, okay, we're really asking the Mall of America question? The questions are just done. They've they've run the course. Bob hibernating for a month? Two more questions and no one had questions left and it's fine. Just let Kirk go. Was there a, like was there any question about Kirk Cousins' presence in the Twin Cities during Super Bowl week? 
Like anyone who follows football, even peripherally, right, were they right, unaware right. of Kirk Cousins being in the Twin Cities and at the Ball of America during Super Bowl? Week? They oh. should have taken the extremely sexist route to that question. Eighty-four million bucks. I bet sixty million of that's going with your wife to yeah. the mall, huh? Because <laughs> oh, she must like shopping because she's a woman. Yeah. All right. So Dave's got some actual tough questions that uh, either we, you know, we didn't feel were flushed out enough yesterday, or. Should have been asked. Yes, and I would like you guys to answer these as best you think Kirk Cousins would answer if he were being truthful. If you were avoiding just the stereotype, the uh, you know the the canned answers as he gave us all yesterday. All right, are you ready? Go ahead. Question number one. Hey, you've played uh, the Vikings uh, each of the last two seasons, Kirk. In 2016, uh, you threw for 262, couple touchdowns. Uh, you won the game, 26 points. Your Redskins scored. Uh, last year, it was a loss, but you did put up 30 points. You threw for 327 and a touchdown. You also ran a couple in. What do you really think of the Mike Zimmer defense? Because it seems like you've had a lot of success against this group with, frankly, not a whole lot of help around you. Oh, well... <clears throat> I'm just that good, first of all. This defense is good. I'm better. And, and I think you turn this into an inside the shoes. And I Joe well, no, I'm saying, but he he could say he he would say, but if he was telling the truth, so that this is this is sort of that. If he was telling the truth, he would say, I'm that good. This defense is very good. This is a top five defense in the National Football League. But for two consecutive years, I've looked pretty damn good. And there's a reason why. And then I might turn around to Zim and say, you know, Mike, you are a great defensive coach. But how about some enthusiasm about me today, huh? How about some enthusiasm about the fact I just signed? But I think I'd follow up by saying, but specifically, Kirk, what what were you able to take advantage of that Mike Zimmer defense? What were you pointing at? So I think he would I think he would say two things and he wasn't he wasn't there to pat himself on the back yesterday. He 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 took many questions about, you know, how good are you or hey, this is uh, this is an unprecedented contract and Historically, we might look back on you as the trailblazer, and he kept saying, "Like I mean, that's for other people." So I don't think he would, like, if you could get inside his brain, I think he would say what Judd's saying, which is, "Yeah, bleepers." I'm just that good. I carved up one of the best defenses in the NFL twice, so I'm very. I, the defense is very good, but I put in a lot of prep work and I studied. But I think if he were being fully honest, he'd say, "With that prep work and study, there's not a real threat of them intercepting me like other teams. They don't get." To the quarterback in terms of sacks as often, um, like they're very they're a very steady defense, corralling and tackling and limiting yards after the catch, but it's not a dangerous defense, and that they're going to knock the ball loose and uh, and intercept you five times. So if I'm accurate and I'm precise, I can move the ball down the field. I think that's what he would tell you. All right. What if Kirk Cousins was asked this? Okay, Kirk, Kirk, uh, now that you're with the Vikings, uh, obviously a great addition. They're very happy with you uh, being the quarterback. Do you think in your heart of hearts you're good enough to win on the road at Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers? And if he's healthy all year, can you win the division against the Packers with the additions they're making? And are you good enough to uh, take this team to new heights to possibly uh, beat the Eagles if you were to come up against them in the playoffs. I think in his mind, he feels like he's as good as the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't believe that to be the case, but but there also might be a chance for him still with five years left of quarterback prime to get better. Uh, I think he, I think when Mike Shanahan reportedly told him five years ago, you can be Drew Brees if you want to, I think he has that mindset that maybe he's not there yet, but he belongs in this in his mind. I think he I think he thinks he belongs in the same sentence as the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I kinda like that. Like I kinda I kinda like Yeah, Kirk, I like that. 
I think that... Uh, Do you like that? It's better than having kind of an insecure bl- wet blanket over your over your play, like Christian Ponder for all those years. I'll be Kirk. Just doubt me. Just doubt me. You're you're going to see me go into Green Bay. You're, you're going to see me play the Eagles. I've played all these teams before. I've been successful. I'll do it again. But it's people like you who keep me coming back to the stadium and keep me watching film and keep me practicing on a daily basis because you don't don't think I can do it. And time and time again, I will show you. The Vikings believe I can do it. They just signed me to this contract. I bet on myself, not once, but twice. I got franchised last year. I could have taken a long-term safe deal, and I didn't do it. And you know why? It's because people like you doubt me every day, and that fuels my fire, and you just wait. Aaron Rodgers, he's nothing compared to me. That's Kirk Cousins. You're really killing it this segment. Uh, Kirk, I'm, wor- I'm working at it. Kirk, I'm giving you the Kirk Cousins. Uh, answer this for me. I know you have probably looked at the Vikings offense. You know a lot of the personnel already. You've probably already watched film. Everybody knows about Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph in the red zone. What don't you like about the offense? You know, Can, can you make a guy like oh. Laquan Treadwell into a worthwhile option in the stop passing right there. game? Stop, stop right there because I've got the answer for you right now. I didn't finish my question, Kirk. That was kind of it's my press. It's my press conference. The tight end position, Rudy's a great guy, and we all like him, and I think he lives here. But for the most part, we can improve there. I would I would like to have—I can use Kyle, and I'm sure we'll be good friends. And we're going skiing next week. But since I'm being completely candid, I can use a little bit of, bit of an uptick there at that position. I lo- Diggs is great. Thielen's great. Cook's going to be fantastic. Pro Bowl player. But if you if you're asking me, I could use a little bit of an uptick. I could use a little improvement at the tight end position, at least for my top tight end. Um, yeah, I mean Jordan Reed was his tight end in Washington, so he's used. to I mean Jordan Reed is is a level up, I think, from from Kyle Rudolph the last few years. I saw something last night. I think it was Pro Football Focus. Kirk Cousins under pressure passer rating is outside the top ten, and last year he was like twenty first. So went now. Most quarterbacks, when pressured, are going to be worse. But Kirk Cousins, when pressured, mm-hmm. was worse than other quarterbacks when pressured in a lot of categories. And the Vikings' offensive line the second half of the year was much more spotty than it was the first half of the year when Case Keenum was sacked like twice in seven or eight games. So I'd be a little bit, if I'm being totally honest, I'd be a little bit questioning uh, the the right side of the offensive line and making sure that I'm not going to get killed as I drop back. Because Cousins... He's not a Tom Brady statue, but he's not as mobile as Case Keenum or as a Russell Wilson. So he's going to have to stand in there and, and have a clean pocket. So, Kirk, you said that, I, Do I need to answer these as Kirk Cousins, no. like Judd's trying to do? I think, it's much more, do I think it's much more fun. I didn't anticipate either of you would because you hate inside the shoes, but Judd's really embracing that, so maybe <laughs> we need to start bringing that back as a regular segment. I, you know what? I'm just I'm giving you... what. Instead of, of what he said, which was sort of bland and boring, I'm trying to give sort you of. what Kirk Cousins is thinking. Yeah, it was very bland. Although although he did say one thing that should concern everybody just a little bit. Should we do that when we come back? Sure. There was one thing. How about that for a tease? Phil Mackey. He tells you things, and you're like, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Judd Zolgad. One of the greatest screwballs I ever met in my life, but uh, interesting fellow. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Winning is what I said it would be all about, and uh, uh, it's true. I, I, I came here because of the chance to win. I felt like it was it was uh, probably the best chance, um, and, and that's all that matters in this business. But more importantly than that, um, the, the chance to win comes from the fact that I believe in the leadership of this organization. Uh, let's see here. Wow. Tweet from Corey. 
Why didn't you guys just go to the presser and ask questions instead of doing a mock presser in studio? I mean, Judd was there refusing to ask the tough questions that Dave is bringing up. Refusing to ask the tough oh, questions yeah, from yeah. the press conference. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. No question. I was uh, very tempted to, but then I thought, ah, oh, you know what? This is just a love fest. Did you Kirk ask Cousins. anything? Uh, nope, not till afterwards when I went and talked to, uh, who, who did I go talk to afterwards? Uh, his agent and then Mark Wolf. So, no, I did not. Did I you did ask Mark how he feels about robbing the public blind with personal seat licenses? That, that would be for Patrick to ask. <laughs> no, I asked about uh, no, I, I asked about the, the advantages that the team has now. But I did, I did say to him, "Does it fi- is it finally going to feel good to potentially get quarterback stability? Because it's the one thing that you guys have never had." And he said, "Nah." What did he say? He went on to say, "He said, yeah. He said if well, the thing with the Wilf." ownership group is they're very careful. They start off giving you answers that are pretty good and then they always go back into world-class facility, world-class fans. <laughs> Everything goes back world-class to world-class team. <laughs> uh, but he, yeah, I mean, they've got to be pleased because they, they got here, they thought they had Culpepper. They probably thought when they bought the team they'd have Culpepper for how long? Another five years at yeah. least? And so, uh, yeah, but I did not ask. And the only question that I would have asked Cousins but I couldn't bring myself to do it is with your diet. What were you doing at Shake Shack? It, it needed to be asked. I was, I was, so, how I, did nobody ask him that question? I was tempted, but then if I, I mean, that's such a, oh, that's such a, oh, if I ask that question. It's one of those tough questions you can't ask in introductory press conference because when you do that, Tori Hunter shows up and calls you a Richard. It's true, and it winds up on Deadspin. Yes, but nobody wants. It would to... have been a fu- and it would have been a fun question. I just didn't want to be the person to ask it. But if you got twenty minutes, okay, all right, let's let's craft the perfect twenty minute session here for people to to enjoy as they're consuming on the radio or on yep. you know the internet or TV. Do we really need to know about like you know what went into your decision? I don't know money and this awesome roster. Let's get past that stuff. Like what? But you've got to ask those questions. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Why? You have to. You have to ask questions because one, he, he, you are pretty sure he's not going to be completely upfront. But if he is, it's a good answer. There are questions that have to be asked. But even that if he's upfront, like fine for, for but, the most part. But like you know that he wants to make a lot of money uh-huh. and he wants to play on a sure. good team, which is why he signed with the Vikings. I want to know why are you at Shake Shack if you don't eat wheat? That's sugar. That's the question I was or processed to ask. Yes. foods. That is the que- that is the one question that I was actually tempted to say. With your dietary restrictions, why were you in line at Shake Shack? I feel like you failed the show by not pulling the and trigger I might on that have. question. I might have. You failed the show. I, you know what? You Sometimes you have to accept that you came up short. And see, you're doubting me now, which is going to fuel my fire for the rest of the show. <laughs> you're doubting me, and that's going to fuel me towards a Marconi. You, you better be good you and write like that, that down. A lot of pressure now. <laughs> why, why change that? <laughs> <laughs> Why would I alter that script? Uh, so, all right, you uh, before we took a commercial break, there he said something yesterday that made uh, yes. that, that that should raise a red flag in your mind. Just what, a little it? bit. Uh, so, Courtney Cronin of ESPN is going to join us at eleven fifteen. Said something along the lines of, "You played every single game for the last three years, but you've taken some hits, and you certainly probably have been dinged up. So, what is the key to longevity?" And Kirk Cousins, in short, said, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, so sometimes you just have to pray for protection and hope for the best. And then it's the next sentence, and I'll just stop there, that sounds funny, but when you think about it, it's not, especially if you're a Viking fan. I also believe in the philosophy of Chuck and Duck, and I'm not trying to take more hits than I have to. Okay, Chuck and Duck can get you in trouble here. 
Shuck and Duck is, oh my God, Diggs is open, I think, and I'm about to get hit, and I'm going to throw the ball over the middle, and oh, that's a safety stepping in front of the pass. Okay. So I'm just saying, the Chuck and Duck philosophy sounds funny. It's a little, it's a cute little term. I don't think he included in that notion that he was just going to throw the ball up for random. I mean, he's done that before. I, I mean. am just, I from a press conference in which I think he was very uh, strategic about what he was going to say, I found the Chuck and Duck comment to be mildly interesting. But he throws, so we know, we know, him. we know that he throws interceptions. Yes. Like he's going to, he's going to throw 12 to 15 interceptions. Well, they, he has, like he's thrown double digit interceptions. Uh, like he averages about twelve interceptions per year in the three years he was the Washington quarterback. Now I think Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen can actually prevent interceptions from happening because they're so good at just going up and and winning jump balls or if there's an inaccurate throw that another receiver this is what happened with Case Keenum a bunch of times and every time we'd give credit on this show to anyone but Case Keenum, the Case Keenum backers would just fillet us and tell us we're idiots, we're not being fair. But most receivers on a ball thrown slightly behind them going over the middle mm-hmm. aren't going to be able to adjust as well as Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen mm-hmm. and not only catch the ball, but maybe even like for other receivers, the ball goes off their hand up in the air and a safety picks it off. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of interceptions happen. And Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen probably saved a handful of interceptions last year just because of how reliable there, there was a touchdown reception. It might have been in that Washington game, actually. Where Thielen was, it was it was inside the ten yard line, and the ball was thrown slightly behind him, right at the goal line, at like like one yard into the end zone. I think zone. that was, in and he adjusted, and there was four Washington. defenders swarming him. Yep, I think you're if right. If he doesn't reach yeah. back and catch that for a touchdown, and it goes off his hands, it's an interception in the end zone. And yet we give credit. Oh, it's a touchdown pass, right? No, Adam Thielen did did wide receiver God's work to make that a touchdown. And uh, and Kirk Cousins gets to work with these these two brilliant am, wide receivers. I am sifting through the press conference to find the interesting tidbits. That's all I'm doing here. Yeah, and I'm trying to calm your angst. Chuck, I'm trying to calm it's your not, angst. It's not angst. I just I don't think Chuck and Duck's a great idea. Another thing that he said yesterday, and and we kind of assumed this that you know obviously the tampering period is only 48 hours before you can sign, but there's probably some tampering that goes on before that. There's a bunch of reports that come out. He spent five or six days doing his due diligence in the Twin Cities during Super Bowl week. I think he clearly made up his mind he was going to play for the Vikings if they made it, if they made him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It was pretty clear to me that he was going to play for the Vikings, and uh, and he kind of laid that out yesterday by saying, "I drove by Winter Park. I I, I spent the week. I'm a big time preparation guy. I want to make sure that." You know, I want to make sure that I've got everything laid out for a game, laid out for a career decision. I think he made the decision during Super Bowl week that he was going to play here. I think b- both sides probably did, right? I mean, you you know he had to talk to him. Of like, course. Like I I love this whole thing. The the only the only reason. Okay. So if you if you truly were going to go by if the the tampering rules and you said to yourself, "I am the most honest person in the history of the world." But I'm going to find out some things. You would drive by Egan, because that's brand new, spanking brand new and beautiful. Mm-hmm. You, you would come downtown, right? You would drive by U.S. Bank Stadium. The only compelling case to go to Winter Park would have been to stop at Winter Park. Hey, guys, what's going on? It's Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So well, wait, here's another way that the tampering can go down, and it, and it can be much less obvious. It's actually, now that I think about it, this is how you started working at 1500 ESPN. I don't know if you remember this, but... Um, cause there were, there were a few beers involved between both of us. 
But if you have so never Kirk Cousins can talk to fellow players like he can. You're a, hey, it's Super Bowl week. I'm going to run into Adam Thielen and Xavier Rhodes. And mm-hmm. Adam Thielen in an interview at Radio Row actually brought up Kirk Cousins' name. Hey, what do you think about, you know, Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater? He said, well, hey, Kirk Cousins is out there too. So here's the comparison. You and I, I think it was Pippins in Chicago. Like this is like May of 2011. I never go there. Way back in the day. Yeah, clearly. I've and never been there. I remember uh, like we were a few beers in just hanging out in Chicago. And I remember asking you like, I think you said, you guys are doing some really good work on that website, you and Pelissero. And I said, how much do you like the work we're doing on the website? You're like, yeah, I like the work you're doing on the website quite a bit. Yep. And I don't think it was ever spoken like, I want to leave the Star Tribune and work for 1500 ESPN. But it was, oh, Judd, Judd's interest is peaked. He's curious about what it would be like at 1500 ESPN to write for the website and maybe do some radio. Mm-hmm. And I remember going back. I never told you this. I went back to the hotel and immediately called Dan Seaman and said, our general manager, and said, I think you should have a conversation with Judd Zolged. I think Judd would do some radio, like beyond just making appearances. Mm -hmm. Don't you think it's possible Xavier Rhodes or Adam Thielen or Kyle Rudolph were the ones that did the dirty work? Like That's very possible. Hey, you know what? I ran into Kirk Cousins. At the food court, believe it or not, of all places, yeah, right? Couldn't Shake Shack couldn't believe and, it. And uh, Rick, you know, I think I think he's going to be uh, yeah. really interested in playing for the Vikings. Yes. That you don't even have to have an actual tampering conversation with his agent. That, and I'm not blaming like Kyle Rudolph. I'm just saying that's how those things work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's very possible. Heck, it it's possible that a guy like, like Thielen before they played in Washington last year could go by him and be like, we should talk. Because Cousins was going to leave. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there was ever any, because you knew Washington wasn't going to franchise him again because we talked about this Super Bowl week. I think the franchise tag for a third consecutive year was like $33 million. So, yeah, I just, it was funny when, when he said, I drove by the new place, I drove by the stadium, and I drove by Winter Park. And I'm thinking to myself, the only reason to drive by w- Winter Park, which you know is, is toast, is to stop in That's there and say, point. hey, guys, what's going on? Yeah. That's a good point, actually. It's fact, a Mr. Cousins it, it for was, you, Rick. It was toast for the most part during the Super Bowl, right? I mean, like they they were transitioning, moving over yes. to and, the new facility, <laughs> and the Patriots were the Patriots were practicing in the shed, and that was about it. Yeah, uh, we do know, and we can do this when we come back. We do know what the Jets offered Kirk Cousins, and it was more than the Vikings offered. So that uh, we can get to that report and also write that down predictions and an accountability session in about fifteen minutes from the TCL broadcast studio. Mackie and Judd now continue. No way. You can't just stroll up and be welcomed back by everyone. Hey, welcome back. On 1500 ESPN. You can join Judd Zolget and 1500 ESPN at Main Street Bar and Grill at Hopkins this evening. He'll be down there from 5 to 7 for the ultimate college basketball tournament viewing party. Basket pong, prizes galore, a little bracketology perhaps. And of course, fantastic beer specials. It's sponsored by Dos Equis. More details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. And now it's time for another member of the Mackey and Judd Show to tell you all about his NCAA tournament bracket, even though you didn't ask. Boy, that was fun last night. That was a fun day of basketball. Unless you have... Arizona winning it all. You remember yesterday how I told you guys that I, I love the Arizona pick because they really weren't a bad team and they were under all the scrutiny now and they were going to rise up. They were going to rise up and the NCAA was going to have to award them the trophy in San Antonio and then they played Buffalo. That's my bracket. It's gone. We don't care that you don't give a shit. 
That's because that's what the season's all about. This has been a member of the Mackie and Judd Show telling you all about his NCAA tournament bracket. I almost joined you when Gonzaga, who I have winning it all, I'm in two pools, one for 1,500, one with friends and family. I've got Gonzaga winning it all in one of them and Purdue in the other. And Gonzaga was down by two points with like 55 seconds to go. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be, we'll just light this one on fire. Yeah. Almost joined you there. We don't care that you don't give a sh. That's because that's what the season's all about. This has been a member of the Mackie and Judd Show telling you all about his NCAA tournament bracket. Now, I will say this my bracket was very Gophers like, just disappointed. I was very Gophers like in the fact that the first day I was just, I'm just done now. This basically goes with how the entire college basketball season has gone for me, which is, it's just been brutal. Where you watch a little bit early on and then there's like, then there's no reason. Or no, right. For you to and watch so now anymore. I'm done again. Are you going to, are you going to watch games this weekend or can you watch without having a stick? Oh yeah. Yeah, I definitely can. Uh, my only thing is that there's a lot of puck on as well. And the wilds playing back to back. They're playing tonight in Vegas and playing tomorrow in Arizona. There's a lot of hockey on, so I'll be flipping, but I'll probably be flipping to more hockey. Uh, what do you guys do in general when, when people start to just, without you asking, People start like Reavers or somebody just starts telling you about their bracket. Oh my God, I had so and so and such and such and this and this. Like, what's your general reaction to that? I think it's the same reaction when somebody tells me about their fantasy football team, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm gonna go that way now. That's great. You're about to experience it from uh, five to seven tonight in Hopkins at Main Street. You'll see my act. Yeah, you know, I took I took this team. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic. Do you listen to the show? Do you enjoy the show? Insincere Judd. Well, no. Has no desire to actually connect with the people who put no, money drink, in his pocket. I'll drink beers with them, but I mean, if you start to tell me about your bracket, you'll see my you'll see my spiel. Oh, that's great. We don't care that you don't give a sh. That's because that's what the season's all about. This has been a member of the Mackie and Judd show telling you all about his NCAA tournament bracket. All right, it's good. Yeah, I've got, oh man, the Pac-12. How about that Pac-12? I, I had all those teams going a long way. Yeah, that's too bad. So if you want to drink Dos Equis with Insincere Judd tonight, you can do that. Oh, where, could, where is it going to be again? Main, Main Street. Street and Hopkins, yes. 5 to 7. Right nice. downtown, awesome. old downtown Hopkins. Nice. Uh, we know how much the Jets offered Kirk Cousins now. This is from the New York Daily News. Said, uh, well, I'll just read this from Pro Football Talk here. Uh, Manish, is it Manish Meta, who's been covering the Jets for uh, for a while now, New York Daily News, predicted the Jets would offer quarterback Kirk Cousins the most money, but that he would choose to sign with another team, and that's exactly what happened. According to Meta, the Jets offered Cousins $30 million a year, $2 million more per year, and $6 million total than the Vikings did on a three-year contract, and Cousins took the lower offer because the Vikings are better and they have a chance to win. And I think when when you and I are having the debate of would you do you think Kirk Cousins will take less money to play for the Vikings? The spirit of that debate was like five million dollars gap, not yeah. two million dollars uh, gap. Yes. I would have still taken less money at five million because twenty eight million is enough money, and uh, it's no surprise. There's a jet, the Jets would have had to offer at least like thirty two, thirty three yes. million dollars per year to even get Cousins. And based on everything that Cousins has been saying. I don't think it would have mattered. I think he wanted to. I think he fell in love with the Twin Cities during Super Bowl week. <laughs> when he's it's, driving I mean, it's, around, it's yeah. a cool, it's a cool metro area, 
And uh, he's, he's a Midwestern guy at heart, college, grew up. He's got family in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings are just better. And they're offering to make him the best or the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. So not too shocking. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think if they had come in at 34, he goes there. But two. Two million's a lot, but if you're looking at making if you're looking at potential opportunities to win, it's not that much. I mean, I always think of it this way: What can you do with thirty million dollars a year, or ninety million dollars guaranteed that you can't do with eighty-four million dollars guaranteed in your life? Like once you're making eighty-four million dollars guaranteed, mm-hmm. you don't need to make money anymore unless you want to unless you want to own a team at some point. But even then, like just invest it for twenty years, and you know. I don't know, get into a couple startups or something. <laughs> now, did, did you see how this can potentially, the uh, Vikings cousin contract can get up to three years, $90 million? There mm. is, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, NFL.com, uh, Cousins has $2 million worth of, of upside potential in each year tied to Super Bowl-related incentives, including several factors. If his team wins the Super Bowl every year and the rest of the parameters are are reached... I'm not joking here. What? If the Vikings win the Super Bowl every year. If they three-peat? If they three-peat and and other parameters, God knows what, Super Bowl parameters are reached, the deal will then spike to a three-year, $90 million deal. That's kind of a weird weird thing, right? So is it it then not a fully guaranteed contract? No, it's fully guaranteed. But it sounds like it's $90 million and only 84 is guaranteed. It's not a fully guaranteed contract. I think they... Got to win three Super Bowls to make it fully guaranteed. I think they split hairs here, and I think they say it's incentive laden, up to ninety. But the but the base salary, which is the key to be guaranteed over the entire life of the contract, mm. is guaranteed. It also includes a no transition tag provision, which is not surprising, and a no trade clause. So somehow Chuck Fletcher must have driven to Egan to go talk to Rick Spielman and said, you know what, you should give him no trade clause. Well, then then Rick Spielman was, apparently Rick Spielman told Kirk Cousins, it's, it's just more of a, we want this to be a lifetime thing. We think you're going to be at least good enough to keep around until you retire. We want you to be able to put your kids through school. But if I'm going to negotiate, if, there's, if a clause comes up, hey, what if my guy wins three Super Bowls in a row? How about a little extra cachet, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... How about more than a couple million bucks? I'm going to say the same thing. You're already getting paid $84. All dollars, you get yeah. is six. You give him the damn keys to the Egan facility. Statue. Name it after him. Statue. Yes. Statue. Well, he'll get a statue US if he Bank wins Stadium. one. If he, no, if I know, he wins exactly. one, he'll get a statue. I start, if, he, if he wins a Super Bowl this year, statue. They'll, Immediately. They'll replace the state emblem and just put him on the flag. <laughs> I could see that. Cousins flying above the Capitol every morning in St. Paul. I like that. I could see that, too. That's amazing. Like, who? how do you get to that clause in the negotiation? Oh, just uh, one more thing. So, if my guy does something that no one has ever done before in the history of the NFL, Mm -hmm. what are we going to put in the contract? (laughs) Uh, A couple million more, I guess? So, if he makes makes the all-pro team, does he get anything? No, this is Super Bowl. This is just if you win it, three straight Super Bowls. It looks like the $6 million spike is all based on winning three consecutive Super <laughs> Bowls. And But, but, here, but here's ridiculous. my favorite part. And reaching other parameters that are Super Bowl related. Like, what are they? Throw for 9,000 yards. What if he wins the first two and loses the last one, like 48 uh. to 45? He throws six touchdowns, and he's unbelievable. And he's been the victim of a major Ponzi scheme and lost like $80 million, and he needs you know what? He needs that Too third Super bad, Bowl. Kirk. Too bad. <laughs> you didn't meet the other parameters. 
Sorry, dude. Game-winning field goal in overtime after being the victim of an $80 million Ponzi scheme. No! I'm broke! Kai Forbath gets all the money. We're giving it to Kai. He made the field goal. Write that down, predictions, when we come back. And we have a lot of things off the board in this accountability session. And uh, a lot yeah, the listeners are swinging for the fences in this segment. And they're popping up. So we're going to we're going to throw some listeners under the bus here too from the TCL broadcast studios Mackie and Judd